The Thought Leader video series is brought to you by LaForge. Learn more at laforgegroup.com. Hi, everybody. Ben Thorpe here with Farm Equipment Magazine, back for another episode of our Thought Leader series. Today here with Casey Seymour. Casey, can you give us a quick intro on who you are? Yeah, Casey Seymour. I work for uh, John Deere Dealer in Western Nebraska, 21st Century Equipment. And uh, I have an article in the uh, Farm Equipment Magazine there on the back page. And I also have a podcast called Moving Iron Podcast as well. So uh, try to keep my nose to the grindstone when it comes to what's happening in the marketplace. Yes. And the column uh, is kind of what caught my attention and brought us together here today to uh, dive back into the topic with a little more detail. So your article is called the lost years, uh, 2021 to 2023 model years impact on the future equipment supply. Can you kind of just give an overview on what the idea was there? Yeah, I mean, so I think, I mean, from what I've been looking at and what I've been seeing kind of develop here and how this works is that there, there's been a, obviously a shortage of equipment everywhere, whether it's new equipment, used equipment, whatever it is. And I started thinking about what's that impact look like when these years between, you know, 21 and 23, where, where there were manufacturing um, delays and cancellations and uh, all these different things that come into play, the, the number of machines that are getting developed uh, and put out to the marketplace is, is going to have an, an impact um, in, in, you know, the, the near future. You start looking two or three years down the road, what's that look like? And, you know, I think right now what we're facing more than anything is that we've got a lot of a one-year-old, two-year-old stuff in the marketplace, but that that middle of the road stuff that, you know, 1,000, 1,500 hour, 2,000 hour tractor, uh, you know, the uh, 500 to 750 hour combine, those kind of things. There's not a lot of those out there right now. And if you look at all the uh, the factors that come into play two or three years down the road, I think it's just going to be even that much worse because um, one, there's not, there weren't that many developed. And two, I don't think the appetite to trade uh, on the onesie twosie uh, side of the business is going to be, as as uh, great as it once was, um, maybe three or four years ago, um, just the price of equipment and the price of used equipment and those kind of things, the uh, the throughput uh, and depreciation, those kind of things are going to start to come into play more than what I think we've seen in the past. And part of your article is is kind of calling back to the glut that we saw after the 2012 to 2014. Uh, what do you refer to, them to the epic years and with on farm income? Um, so what do, what do you think we learned from the glut there that how we dealt with that afterward? And are, are there any lessons from that we can apply to what's about to happen right now? Well, I think what, what we see what that was, that was uh that was just a, a mass overproduction of of inventory. Well, I mean it didn't matter what what uh you know real what what manufacturer even talking about there. I mean, they were as fast as they could build there putting it out, as much as they could build there putting it out, and um there was the capability for the for the end user to buy a new combine in 2012 um, was significantly different than the, the capability of an end user to buy a combine in in 2022. I mean, we're looking at you know two hundred fifty thousand dollar something versus a five or six hundred thousand dollar something now. So I mean, you start really putting those into perspective and playing that out. I mean, your customer base was was broader in 2012 than it was than it is right now. Um, I think some of the lessons learned, I don't know that, that that we can really take what we learned there in in 2012 through 2014 and apply it to what we're seeing right now. I just think at the end of the day, um, what, what really applies to the overarching conversation here is that 
whether the principles are overproduction and we got so many new, you know, one, two year old user equipment, those kind of things coming into play, or we've got a limited supply coming into play, the principles of user equipment management and washout cycle still apply. And and I think that's where we have to have those conversations moving forward is is what, where the customer who's the customers that you're gonna go target for this use stuff. Um, who are the uh, you know what's that what's that buying structure look like? What's the payment structure look like? What are those different things all come into play? Start looking at. I mean, to me, that's nothing's really changed. It's how you manage it, how you price it, and those kind of things. That's all just fundamental one hundred and one inventory management, washout cycle control. All those different things all come into play. None of that's going to change. Uh, I think where some dealers might get might get stung a little bit is is trying to um, guess the market out six, nine months, which I think everyone's got that problem right now is looking at your order board and the stuff that you've, that you've evaluated right now. What's that look like in six or nine months a year when that new piece shows up? So I think that's where we could see some, some sting and that's, that's nothing that you can control. I mean, that's just, you're making the deal, you're working through those things, but that conversation looks like the customer when you're, when you're going through um, that, that process, how that all comes into play. That's, that's a whole nother conversation about, what the machine's worth in six or nine months down the road. And for, for dealers who are, who are reading this and we should sharing with your sentiment, um, do you have any advice on any best practices they can apply as kind of, as we move forward with this issue? I mean, it's just, it's, it's simple. I mean, it's just the thing about used equipment is it's not hard. It just takes a lot of discipline. And I think that's where, this is what this is. I mean, you have to look and see what your customer base looks like that you're going to sell that user equipment back into. How many can you sell? Um, at what price point can you sell it at? And you know, what's your what's your what's your time frame to hold that before you get to the next uh, get to that that next you know trade cycle and what that looks like. Next iteration of the trade cycle. What's that look like? So it's the same principles that were in play in 2012 through 2014. It's just you know. Might be working with with less less numbers of, of equipment, less number of equipment, but but significantly higher dollars. And I think that's that's where this is going to be some uncharted territory when you start looking at, you know, some of the stuff. I mean, you're looking at some pretty expensive used equipment out there, four or five hundred thousand dollars used tractors, you know, or combines anyway for sure. Um, forge harvesters in that same era, you're looking at four hundred thousand to four hundred fifty thousand dollar row prop tractor. I mean, there's a lot of big dollar stuff out there. Um, conversation I had with a guy the other day, not too long ago was, you know, we used to have $20 million in used equipment. Now we got $20 million in one category. You know what I mean? So it's, it's a, it's a big over, it's just a big spread of uh, value and what that looks like. So, I mean, it's comes right back down to it. It's the exact same concepts that we saw in 2012, 2014. It's just, you've got to adjust for, whatever it is, but it's still the same principles that apply. And I think that's the, that's the one thing about used equipment uh, management is that it's not necessarily that hard to manage or use equipment. It's just the discipline and managing and doing the things you need to do when you need to do them. I think that's the hard. Mm -hmm. Great. Okay. And something that caught my interest here at the very end of the article, you talk about, uh, your belief that the upgrade kit model will be the the great equalizer. Uh, I was wondering if you could kind of expand on that because I found that interesting. Yeah. So I think it kind of goes back to what I'm talking about here a little bit. I mean, I think there could be some opportunities um, and 
I'm a John Deere guy, so I'm going to use the John Deere, for example. So if you use, you start looking at um, how upgrade kits are planned in the situation, um, upgrading a planter, upgrading a sprayer, for example, those kind of things. I think you start looking around and start seeing what, what it might cost to trade something or upgrade to, to another, a newer used model or something like that. There's going to be some advantages to, to upgrading what you've got already from a powertrain perspective. Um, and just adding that new technology to that. And I think there could be some significant savings there um, in the long run. Now, people are going to argue like, you know, a powertrain where you got an engine, a transmission, you've got hydraulic motors, da, 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 da. I hear you on all those kind of things. But And you can make those adjustments as you need as you go through those, those uh, uh, the spectrum of, of what you're looking at. But hypothetical numbers here, if you're, you know, if you're looking at a $600,000 brand new something or you can do the exact same thing, the machine that you've got from a technology standpoint for half that price you start weighing that out a little bit you know maybe it's better to do that i think the planner upgrade kit is, is a great example of of where this is going to come into play you know you start looking at a brand new planner versus an upgrade kit and the upgrade kit's going to give you the new planner except for the bar right so if you don't, if your bar is in good um good uh, everything about it's in good strength and everything about it's in it's not cracked or bent or something like that where there's some kind of structural issue you can still use that same bar and just upgrade the planter row units well you've got the new technology you've got the the things that you need um maybe you don't need to spend the money on the new planner you can get the upgrade kit for again half the price or whatever the number is you know um i think all of those come into play and to me i think that's as you start looking at autonomous vehicles and how all that stuff plays into that because in that time frame that we're talking about here that 2000, you know, three years down the road, four years down the road, five years down the road, we're going to see a lot more autonomous vehicles start popping up and a lot more um, upgradability in, in certain platforms, uh, whether it's tractors or planters or sprayers or combines or whatever it might be, that there could be that option to put the latest technology on what you already have without having to upgrade um, the entire platform to make that work. So if that happens, I mean, to kind of answer your question, if that happens, then all of a sudden this lack of equipment in those certain years don't really matter. Mm -hmm. That takes care of itself. Right. Right. Okay. Well, we've covered some good ground here. Uh, is there anything else on this topic that, that we haven't touched on that's important or any wrap up thoughts? You know, no, I don't, I don't think so. But I think the biggest thing here, guys, is just when it comes to managing used inventory, um, it's the discipline in doing so, understanding what your market trends look like and understanding what those customer base looks like. Ultimately, at the end of the day, it's it's the same same struggle that we went through in 12 through 14 and, you know, 16 through 20 and everything else. But it's that same same principle that comes into play, understanding what you've got, how many people you can sell it to and how long it's going to take you to hold it. And those are just all the basic fundamentals of use equipment management. You follow those and are disciplined in those actions, you're going to be fine. Great. Well, thanks for talking to us today, and uh, hopefully we'll talk again soon. All right. Thanks, Ben, for having me. I appreciate it.